Welcome to the I Am Winter Solstice Symposium and Fire Tenders Gathering. We are happy you are here. Please find the full schedule at IamSymposium.com. It looks like we're live in the Wind Clan. Hello. Yay. <laughs> All right, original sound is off. Good. All of these little tests you have to go through, and then you get like you get all of the way there, and you're there like, am I live, Bridget? Am I live? <laughs> I, I like I have like a group of assistants, so, and let me give a shout out to the Win Team. They are doing a, an amazing job. Bridget Hopkins, she's the program director. So if you're thinking about applying for the uh, 2022 apprenticeship program, which starts in February, what would make you want to apply? Do you like the way this group feels? Do you like the community we create? Well, imagine that in spades, because that's what our apprenticeship program is about. Not to mention that, you know, I'm a kind of kick-ass practical shaman who will, you know, Put you a little bit through the ringer because that's how my wind guides like it. Uh, not me. I keep saying, no, 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 the wind. No, no, they, we got to get ready for some windy times. So then we have um, we have Carrie Wanamaker. We have Terry Morgan, who's probably right here for this one because it's an astrology and she loves intuition and astrology. Oh. And we also have, uh, did I say Carrie Wanamaker? Uh, and we have a new assistant, Erica Hernandez. I want to give a shout out to Courtney and Tyler, who are behind the scenes, and Raven, who is pickpocketing our, our our editing job right now. He's 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 the one who keeps me in order. The book I'm writing, the book I'm writing. I am writing a great new book, but I need your help. I need you to go over to Amazon and buy either a copy of Winds of Spirit or uh, a Kindle, and if, then if you send us an email over at windblessings at gmail.com, then you will be entered into win a, um, a wind whistle. You, you all love those wind whistles, speaking of which, because I've been sending them out. So if you're going to order a wind whistler's toolkit and you win another whistle, don't worry, we have, we have more than one kind of whistle. So you can order the toolkit and still win the whistle. How's that? And then one other thing is, is that I am so appreciative of all the people sharing their altars. We've already got over 125 altars shared for our video, and people are really contributing in a really nice way. And because people are contributing towards the cost of this, because trust me, it's not free. Uh, no community things are really free. There's no free lunch. But since you're all contributing so well, I've decided to extend the opportunity to own this whole I am collection at $49 instead of, you know, playing the game of raising the price. I'm going to keep it at $49 all of this week. And if you stop contributing, I just might have to raise the price. But <laughs> but I'm also offering you all of you who contribute in one way or another an opportunity to take a class with me that's going to be special for all the all the all of the people who who bought the um, I am symposium about the new wind breath that the winds have just shared with me. All right, enough for the commercials. You didn't come to watch me. Well, you might have, but I have been waiting for a, I don't know. It's been a year that I've been waiting to meet Louise Eddington in person. And she was introduced to me by my good friend, Lori Lothian, who will be here on Christmas. Can you imagine? We're going to have a little flute concert and another, some more astrology on Christmas morning. I mean, what a gift. 
So, but Louise, she's written two books. Want to hold them up? Yes, hang on, just under my mic. So this was the first one, modern, oh, that one, Modern Astrology. And this one, The Complete Guide to Astrology, is actually the bestseller in um, astrology books on Amazon. So yeah, and this is my best-selling book. So. That's your best-selling book? Well, yeah. she's going to tell us a little bit about it, and she's got a nice free gift for you if you, you know, stay and watch the replay. Or if you, you know, if you can't stay, make sure you buy the the, the whole complete version because you're going to get all the gifts all of the lectures, you're going to get everything and you're going to have it for years to come. So I think it's a really good deal. All right. I'm going to drop back here and let Louise take over because you are going to hear from me plenty this week. Well, thanks, Renee. Away. <laughs> am, I, am I a host so I can share the screen? Just checking. I think you have to just make me a host so that I can share. Oh, I'm going to make you a host too. Yeah. I made it so you could share. Mm -hmm. As you should be able to share now. Uh, but I'm also going to make you co-host in case I go too far away. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I think, yeah, being a co-host means I can do things without shouting for you. So, yay. So thank you, Renee. <laughs> I'm trusting you with my clan. <laughs> Oh, I, I use Zoom a lot, so I'm sure we'll be fine. <laughs> feel like I live on Zoom some days. So hello, everybody. Hi, clan. Um, I maybe should look at, get the group up in case there's any comments so I can see. Um, so let me do that while um, while we start. Oh, so Renee and I seem to have had um, a lot of uh, similar um, issues this week with silly tech details and things, but there I am, there I am live, and there's the comments. Cool, greetings. Nice to meet you all. Hello, I am Louise Eddington. I am the Cosmic Owl of Cosmic Owl Astrology, hence owl, and I have owls everywhere around me in the office. And um, why am I called the Cosmic Owl. Well, um, Pallas Athena, asteroid Pallas Athena is um, the ast the astrologer's asteroid. And the asteroid in my chart happens to be um, exactly conjunct my ruling planet Jupiter, which is actually her dad. Pallas Athena sprang from the head of Zeus. Um, she was a daddy's girl and um, I was a daddy's girl and I love owls. So I chose the name Cosmic Owl Astrology. So there you go. There's the story of my business. Um, so what am I here to talk to you about today? Well, I'm going to talk to you about the astrology of the solstice because the astrology chart that is created at the moment the sun ingresses into the sign of Capricorn is an astrological new year. I say an astrological new year because all of the um, uh, cardinal sign ingresses, which if you're in the shamanic realms, you know, they, so they align to the four directions, are kind of all New Year's in a way. But the Capricorn New Year in the Northern Hemisphere is generally felt to be the astrological new year. Some people think it's Aries, but we're going to look at the Capricorn ingress chart a little bit today. And the way I work, if if you've not come across my work before, 
is that I tend to integrate integrate the astrology and a little bit of numerology and um, also uh, some of the symbols um, connected with the chart. So I am going to share the chart first of all and point out some things, but I'm not going to make it too technically astrology. I'm going to look at some shapes, some numbers, and then I'm going to take the chart off and I'm just going to talk to you about it. Okay, so this is the astrology chart for the moment that the sun ingressed into Capricorn. But this is um, for Salt Lake City time, but um, I'm it so you can adjust for the time it was for you that the so that 8:59 a.m. and 19 seconds um, mountain time because that's where I live. So that was 7:59 a.m. on the west coast, 10:59 a.m. on the east coast in the UK, because clearly I'm from the UK, I'm not from Utah, <laughs> um, is um, 3.59pm. And then I'm afraid Australia has so many time zones that I kind of leave it up to you, timeanddate.com to find the ingress. And of course, for those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, I'm sure there's some of you on this um, you are actually at your summer solstice, not your winter solstice. So apologies for maybe a Northern Hemisphere basis. I'll try not to make it too slanted. Okay. But in the North, of course, it's the return to the light. It's the birth of the sun, literally. The sun on the solstice um, in both hemispheres actually does tend to kind of appear to stay still for about three days uh, before the light really returns. And so, you know, um, who was in a tomb for three days before resurrection? We know that story. Um, and um, the three days is the time of the sun appearing to be still. So in my opinion, all those stories are actually based on astrology. Okay, <laughs> I can't actually see the chat, so I might have to come in and answer any questions afterwards. Or um, so we'll, we can do that. So this is the chart. Um, I don't want you to get too tied up in details unless you are an astrologer. I'm going to talk about the energy of this and some of the numbers. Some of it will apply particularly to the USA, but I think what's going to be happening for the USA in the coming year is really going to um, affect the whole world. So there is a bit of a slant towards the USA. The first line I want you to take notice of is this line. We start the year with all the major planets except the moon. These are some asteroids and a newly discovered dwarf planet. I'll talk about those in a minute. And this is Black Moon Lilith, who is a bit of a wild shamanic energy in herself. She was uh, one of the dark goddesses, the original wife of Adam. But apart from the, the, of the major planetary energies, the moon is the only one on this side of the chart. This means that all the other energies are confined in one half of the chart 
between what's called the moon's nodes. Now, this is called a draconic bowl. And um, in Vedic astrology, it's called the time of the black snake. Now, the fact that we kind of launch the season and the year with this shape to the chart means that it is going to be another intense year. Now, I liken this to an, a bowl of alchemy. Um, alchemists tend, kind of take all the ingredients, they mix them up to try and create gold um, out of lead. They turn lead into gold. They are the magicians of the um, of, of the cosmos that really uh, try to create something more magical. That's what alchemy is all, really all about. And, and that's what I see happening. We had three of these um, draconic bowls in the last two years. I'm not going to give the exact dates, but they roughly aligned with peaks in the pandemic that we're having and um, and also with periods of feeling more confined, more locked down, whether you actually were locked down or not. So we are entering the year in another time like that. And we clearly see that happening, um, you know, with um, the spread of this new variant. However, um, I am going to say that these two periods have a purpose. I'm more interested in what what they're telling me energetically. And um, and I think the message of these periods of these time, this time of the black snake is a time of immense inner transformation and outer transformation. We are being asked to really go within and to really kind of do the work to emerge transformed as we move into new a new paradigm. This uh, horrible time that we're in is not a time that's just there just to happen to us. I, I truly think we are being asked to grow and transform tremendously. So I'm actually going to take that line out and um, just think, though, we're in this time of transformation and you heard that. The other thing I want you to look at, though, is this shape. We have a grand cross occurring, which is a cardinal grand cross. And a cardinal grand cross initiates grand change, great change. Cardinal signs are the signs associated with the four directions. We have Capricorn. We're sorry. First of all, we have Aries, then um, Cancer then Libra, then Capricorn. And they roughly, um, I know the four directions have different um, elements in different traditions, but this is where kind of my shamanic training and work comes in. I do some shamanic work with my clients too. But, you know, this is the energy of fire, the energy of water, the energy of air, and the energy of earth. And we are entering the energy of earth of making manifest, of coming down to earth and um, uh, and your uh, put your own um, um, 
words to the earth energy that you work with in your own shamanic tradition as well. And I'm sure, you know, the other fire tenders and, and the other presenters have, are talking to that a little bit. And I'm sure uh, um, I haven't had chance to watch the opening ceremony yet. I intend to, but I'm sure um, Sandra Ingerman meant, spoke to that. But what are the planets that are the, are the, are the energies of this Grand Cross that is launching us into a year of initiating great change? Well, over here in Aries, we have Eris, and she likes to stir the pot. Eris has been in Aries for um, a long time. She she went into Aries in 1927. Most of us have Eris in Aries, um, unless we were born before 1927, which is a few people alive. But um, Eris really is a pot stirrer, and she's been stirring up our... um, our identity since then. She roughly coincides with the emergence of um, the feminist movement, the the fight for the vote, uh, the fight for women claiming their um, individuality, their unique identity. And and so she is um, there. And we see what's happening in in the world right now with... um, uh, Roe versus Wade and things, but we, but just think of yourself as your individuation. Okay, um, whether you are male or female, this is about you, your identity um, in this new emerging paradigm as we change from um, some very uh, patriarchal times. Then we have the moon. The moon is the people in a mundane chart. It's also a mundane chart is the chart of events, like an ingress. Uh, Everything has a chart. You have a chart. Um, Events have a chart. Uh, Planets, discovery of planets have a chart. But the moon generally represents the people. And in on this ingress this morning, the moon was in her own sign of cancer. So, and the moon in Cancer is very much related to nurturing to our uh, sense of safety and security. The moon in Cancer is our family, okay? And so uh, that's very important in the chart as well. I'm going to come back to this in a minute, but this is a biggie as well. Opposing the moon, squaring Eris, We have Venus and Pluto, and Venus has just gone retrograde on December the 19th, just two days ago. And Venus is doing a deep, deep dive into our core values, into our deepest values around um, the institutions we live under, under where we give our power away and our control away, where we try to control others. Um, Venus is really related to the higher energy of earthly energy. She's kind of like our the Earth's higher consciousness as we each have our own higher consciousness. And Pluto in the chart is generally about the soul, the soul's desire. So you can you're beginning to get a big picture of how transformative this energy is. And incidentally we've had a Pluto Eris square going on for the last two years since January 2020. 
that has been exact five times. So this is still being activated. So we are still in this time of chaos and change. But I saved this best one to last. This is Hygieia. Hygieia is um, is uh, the planet of fertility and birth. She was a very benefic, um, a, a good goddess. Um, she was um, in um, the um, Pacific Islanders. She is a, a goddess of those. It's spelled Haumea, H-A-U-M-E-A. And Haumea is hovering at this last degree of Libra, the sign of balance. Um, it's the sign of air, new ideas, and she is going to bring in the rebirth. So even though this is a very kind of pressured configuration, um, I think, you know, the fact that Haumea is there by 2023, when she moves into Scorpio, which is the sign of transformation, I think we are going to start to be reborn. And next to that is asteroid um, Hygieia, which uh, represents health. So we can see where that's come into uh, the astrology of the year. You know, we're going to kind of, uh, I think, be um, asked to look at our health in a whole new way. Um, she's kind of about holistic health as well. And I mean holistic health within the true sense of the word, um, uh, you know, not just natural um, um, naturopaths and vitamins, but everything. We're going to be asked to look at the big picture of health moving forward. So that Cardinal Grand Cross is, is a huge thing. And so I'm going to just get rid of those crosses and just talk about a couple of other things. Then I'm just going to take down the chart and just talk to you and talk to you about the numbers and the symbols. I, I like to see other shapes in this. And um, we, so we've, I've talked about the meaning of Haumea. I've talked about the meaning of the moon. And um, Haumea is also in a lovely supportive air grand trine to Jupiter in Aquarius. Jupiter in Aquarius has been there for quite a while, but the, the part in this is future, hope, optimism, hopes and dreams, what we really hope for. And, um, and another aspect to this is to um, Ceres, and um, this is Ceres, C-E-R-E-S, and this is Sedna, which is another outer um, Kuiper Belt object, which is a newly discovered dwarf planet. Um, and both of those together are associated with um, loss and uh, grief, but also forgiveness and learning from those lessons and finding our spiritual connection and destiny. Ceres is also associated with uh, plant medicine to a degree and how we nurture ourselves and how we nurture others. And so these energies are all in this kind of, mm, I'm going to say it's kind of a square plant pot kind of configuration, but they're all speaking to each other. But what are they pointing at ultimately? The sun, the sun being reborn, uh, because this um, the sun forms this um, aspect to all of this. So I see a lot of 
um, challenge in the year ahead, but I also see a lot of potential. And so I'm going to stop the share and just kind of talk about it a little bit now because people tend to get a little bit tied up in looking at the um, the chart. And I might pop it up to look at the numbers a little bit because there's one particular number that's really important um, as we head into the new year. Um, so come back to it. If all this energy is pointing at this Capricorn, Capricorn is the energy of the builder. Capricorn is the energy of um, creating containers that we live in. Um, it's also the energy, again, I mentioned it with the Venus and Pluto, of our relationship to authority. I think um, all of this put together, I think we're going to find um, that more and more we realize we have to kind of create, take care of ourselves, take care of our own and um, bring together the divine feminine, the divine masculine, bring everything in, in this deep connection. There's other things that say this to us in order to be reborn. I think the charts give us an opportunity this is why I'm not really a predictive astrologer. I don't predict events because I predict what the energies are telling us that we can work with to create a better world. So put all of these energies together. And, you know, we're clearly dealing with some big um, collapse in our uh, in our world and um you know the structures of our governments are all pretty much all in array and crisis they're not working we've got the pandemic we, we're dealing with all of that and how we are gonna move forward in the future with all of that this cluster um and and these aspects that I've shown you moving into the year ahead are really giving us an opportunity to birth something new for ourselves. Now, I've talked about the confinement of the draconic bowl. We have the North Node, which is our future, our Dharma, if you like, which is our karmic potential. It's what we're learning to be, is at one degree of Gemini. And one is the number of new beginnings. And Gemini is the sign of uh, the lover's card in the tarot. It is about the union of all opposites because it's the sign of the twins. So it's bringing the twins together. If you think of the symbol of Gemini, the Gemini is, is two standing next to each other. It's uh, the, um, and and it's also the sign of local community. I've kind of been battering on about this for the last um, 19 months. While the nodes have been in the, in uh, Gemini, uh, the North Node in Gemini and the South Node in Sagittarius. But it's like we're getting one last um, push to bring ourselves down and in more into our local communities and to be the change that we can be in the world. Also to kind of reconnect with um, doing for each other and helping for each helping each other and listening to what the other needs. 
We also have on this um, chart, we have just almost there, we have the last exact square of Saturn and Uranus that's been happening all of uh, 2021. The last exact square is going to actually occur on uh, December the 24th. So while the sun is just kind of being reborn, <laughs> and Saturn and Uranus have been in this tense square of kind of, are we going to just stick to what was the old way, the old normal, the way it's always been done? Or, or, or are we going to think outside the box and create the new and kind of liberate ourselves and move forward into the future? Now, I kind of feel that Uranus has the edge on this because Saturn is in the sign of Aquarius and he's the traditional ruler of Aquarius. But Uranus is also is the modern ruler of Aquarius. And if we're going to move forward into this new way, I kind of think Uranus has the edge. And Uranus is in the sign of Taurus, which is the sign of our values, our sign of um, um, our relationship to the senses and the material world. And this says to me that we are to be brought down to earth again. And this is why I love that I was asked to, to present this for the Wind Clan, because I'm very much of the opinion and the view. And the astrology tells me this, that, you know, uh, there's all this talk out there that we're ascending to somewhere out in heaven and or ascending to some higher realms. Well, no, I think we are ascending or descending down into the earth to get in touch with the earth, to get in touch with the um, shamanic realms that help us work with the energies that are on the earth and to create a, a heaven on earth, if you like. So that's what the, the chart is telling me in many big ways. Other things that we have in this chart um, are I talked about the um, Venus-Pluto conjunction in Capricorn. As the sun has gone into Capricorn, as the, the months go through with this Venus retrograde and the sun moving through Capricorn and then on, we have some tremendous um, connections going on in Capricorn right through this winter in the north and through in the summer through um, uh, in the southern hemisphere. We have Mercury, um, the planet of communication, the divine messenger, who is the messenger that used to come between the gods and people, God and humans. And he was the shapeshifter. He could move between the realms of humanity and the realm of the gods. He is, he is uh, first making a connection with um, Juno, which is the asteroid of the Heros Gamos, which is the divine union of all opposites, the masculine, the feminine, the yin, the yang, um, everything. It's bringing it all together, Juno. And um, he connects first with Juno. And he connects with Juno like tomorrow. <laughs> and, um, and then Mercury will move on to connect with Venus while she's retrograde and Pluto. So he is kind of connecting all the dots of all these stories that are going to unfold. 
And then we have, uh, as Mercury will move on a little bit because he's moving pretty fast, but he's going to come back early next year. We're going to have three Mercury uh, retrogrades next year that go from Earth sign, sorry, from air sign back to Earth. Air sign, you probably know if you're in the wind clan, air sign is, air signs are really about the wind and they bring messages in. They blow the message in and then back into Earth, Mercury is going to bring those messages down to Earth and how we can make those messages manifest. The first retrograde is probably the most important moving forward uh, because that one um, does come back. Mercury will retrograde on January the 14th um, at the position Saturn is in right now and move back to 24 degrees Capricorn to hit the spot where all this cardinal cross energy is happening. So these stories are happening over and over again. And then um, we actually kind of get up to three and a half retrogrades, but we'll speak about the three, four ones. Then um, Mercury will retrograde in May from four degrees Gemini air sign. So around where the North Node is right now, to 26 degrees Taurus, where Sedna and um, Ceres are now. And I talked about those. So all Mercury is kind of hovering all year saying, listen to the messages, listen to the wind <laughs> and bring it down to earth and take action, make the changes manifest. Okay. So um, I hope I'm not getting too technical here. I hope I'm just giving a great overview. Then um, to talk a little bit more about this Venus retrograde. Um, Venus retrograde throughout this winter. I am currently running a Venus retrograde class. Um, she um, she is moving back in this dance with Pluto of uh, going deep into kind of a cave. Uh, Capricorn energy and Pluto energy. Pluto takes you down into the underworld. So this is an underworld journey. And we are going to emerge in the spring, in the summer with all the planets starting one by one to come out of that point of confinement. Venus, and which is our core values, our relationship energy, and also our relationship to the physical world, to money, etc., is going to emerge transformed. And eventually throughout the year, we are going to start um, coming out of this um, period of alchemical change to emerge with really, really changed values, really um, new outlook on the world. Um, I don't, I know about, I don't know about you, but over the last two years I've changed and this feels like one last big pot of change that's going to Next year, we're kind of going to come out of it going, no, I, we can't live that way anymore. This is not working. All right. Um, OK, I want to talk a little bit about the numbers, but first I want to slow it down a little bit. And I do want to go and have a look and see again on the live stream, see if I can see the comments. Yes, bring the divine feminine and masculine. Yes, be the change. 
I love that Uranus has the edge. That's my opinion. I'm with you. Thank you, Terry, for all the comments. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I love your Facebook posts and you love ours. Awesome. So I will keep coming back in every now and again, but just now I'm just going to slow it down a minute because I've given you a lot of information. <laughs> and then I probably am going to share a little bit more astrology. And then I am going to um, uh, talk about some of the symbols and the numbers. Well, actually, I might talk about the number 27 first. Those of you that listen to my podcast, the Weirdly Cosmic podcast, may have heard me talking about this number before. Um, if you haven't found my podcast, it's free, clearly. Um, it's also it's on the Cosmic Owl Astrology um, YouTube channel, but it's also um, on all audio podcast places. So I do a new and full moon podcast. So. So I wanted to actually, oh, this is an interesting card, because I think this is kind of how we are starting the energy of the, the year. Um, whilst I feel hopeful, you know, there's a lot of challenge going on in the world. And this card is um, an air card. This is actually the moon in Aquarius, and it's called the futility card. So what this is saying is that, you know, it's the dark. We're in that dark phase um, in the north, particularly. But energetically, I think we are also um, in that phase, even if you're in the other hemisphere. The moon is our emotional body. This is the moon in Aquarius card and it's called the futility card. But look at the other symbols here. I love this deck. This is the Thoth deck, by the way, or Toth, however you say it. This has the Mars symbol, the Venus symbol the Jupiter symbol, the Mercury symbol, and ah, I can't see it backwards. I'm not sure what the two symbols are on the outer edge of the sword, but it has the sun at the bottom and the moon at the top. What this card is, is telling me is that the swords cards are always so negative in, in, in the tarot. But this is saying you may have a lot of stinking thinking going on. And <laughs> and there may be um, in in these darker days, you may be kind of feeling a little futile, like a little bit defeated, a little bit like all the energies closing in on you. But this card tells me that this is um, possible to deal with because this is, you know, stinking thinking, you're in a meanie, you're in a critic. This is looking on the dark side. I'm going to suggest this card is telling us now to just stop focusing on what's going on out there. What's focus, Stop focusing on the news cycle and what's going wrong in the world and instead turn it around, moon in Aquarius and sun in Aquarius, to be honest, and look to the future, look, look to your hopes and wishes. And, and I'm not talking about magical thinking and pretending things are okay. I'm talking about not getting mired in things that you have no immediate control over because we have no control on <laughs> um, what Joe Manchin does next with a bill or what the Supreme Court does. Not in this immediate moment, we don't. And just focus on 
bringing all that into centre and focusing on what you can deal with right away. So that's what that card's telling me for this solstice. Okay, so numbers. I'm just going to share this chart again quickly. I want you to look at this number particularly. We are in, um, not only are we in this time of this draconic bowl, we are also in the midst of a series of six full moons um, that end in March at 27 degrees. And we are also in, um, in between those six full moons, we have five new moons at 12 degrees, but I'm going to focus on the full moons. And this is a full moon card, funnily enough. But anyway, because the sun and moon opposite each other on a full moon. This full, this moon at 27 degrees is exactly opposing the uh, Pluto of the USA. So I'm kind of going to give you a little bit of, I said I would talk a little bit about the USA. The USA is uh, experiencing in 2022 its Pluto return. And what this means is, I'm going to stop sharing, Pluto is going to return to the exact same point it was at on um, the 4th of July, 1776, in the um, Independence Day chart. Now, you're going to hear an awful lot of fear going around about this Pluto return. And um, we can only look to history. It has uh, meant sometimes the fall of empires in because countries have charts too. But either way, it doesn't always mean that. It means a time of intense transformation. And this solstice is kicking it into gear because the moon, the people, you remember I called it, I said it's the people, is opposing the USA's Pluto. So know that all the, and know that these four moons as well, everyone at 27 degrees is aspecting that Pluto. So really we are entering into this time of radical death and rebirth within the USA. Um, and in the sign, their Pluto is, the USA's Pluto is in the sign of Capricorn, which is the structures of the country. So, you know, it could emerge that even the constitution gets jiggled or rewritten or states break up or something like that. That may happen with a little bit of aggro and whatever, but it's going to literally uh, pretty much change the world. I don't think the USA is going to look the same um, by the end, by the next, this time, the next solstice. But that kind of brings me back to what I said about that North Node in Gemini, that last push to come back into um, local community into listening to each other, into doing what you can to heal what you can and bring it back in. So I'm going to share a couple more charts here. And then, oh, I actually do want to talk about the symbol. I use the Chandra symbols uh, for that first degree of Capricorn. 
And um, the Chandra symbols are channeled symbols um, for each degree of the zodiac. And um, they uh, were channeled um, by Elias Lon Elias Lonsdale and his wife, I believe. And they kind of give you a guide to what's coming. So um, I'm going to read it to you anyway. A canopy bed with curtains standing on the inside of life, protected and guarded, guided and led, held fast, kept so far back inside that what does exp express itself is purely a ceremonial display, a formal declaration. The observer or witness empowered to prevail, able to see, to realize, to comprehend the mysteries. Clairvoyance, keenly sensing and viewing meaning and value. Purpose and spirit, backbone. So very strongly and steadily directed from within that there is no outer, there is no thing to do. Instead, you center yourself and align with who you truly are and stalwartly remain in the place of authority and power and inward truth as your statement and the only thing you know. Now, I'd just let those kind of words soak up um, into your soul, if you like, um, based on what I've talked about so far for this solstice chart, uh, chart that is setting the, um, the energy for the year ahead and at least the first quarter uh, for sure, right up till the Aries ingress um, at the end of March. Because I do believe that this is what we're being asked to do. We're kind of being asked to go within our canopy bed with curtains to stand on the inside life and, and, and be the witness to what's going out there, but standing solidly centered within ourselves and aligned with who we truly are. Okay, and all this kind of shamanic work that Rene does, and the astro astrological and shamanic work that I do, and that Sandra Ingerman does, all this work is to help you to center yourself and align with who you truly are, and to align with the cycles and um, and the cycles of nature and the seasons, so that nothing that happens out there can kind of throw you off and sway you because I can tell you I um even if uh even if things do get very kind of crazy out there or more crazy because <laughs> they've been crazy already but uh you know what happens out there you can carry on and live a perfectly wonderful life without it. I lived in a war zone in Northern Ireland in the Troubles when I was a teenager in the late 70s. And I can tell you, I loved it. I don't feel traumatized by it at all. I had a very great life. Um, to quote um, a friend of mine yesterday when I talked about this, who lived in Israel um, with you know, all the turmoil that goes on there. She said people just chop wood, carry water, they pull in the curtains, they get on with their life, they change what they can. This is what all this energy is telling me that we are to do. So I don't see this confinement as a bad thing. I see this as a time of to draw in and down and focus on 
you and what you can change and your own family, all right, moving into this year. So it's a very big and clear message to my mind, okay? So I just do want to talk to you a little bit, though, about the eclipses. Um, after this solstice, after everything moves through, we move these nodes, which um, I'm going to talk particularly about the north node, our dharma is going to move backwards into Taurus because the nodes always move backwards through the chart. And they are the moon's nodes, so they are associated with how we feel emotionally. The south node is roughly related to karma, but in the true sense of the word, it's kind of lessons we need to learn to move towards our karmic potential, our dharma. Okay. So as we move, I'm just going to move forward months we can see that the North Node moves back into Tor uh, Taurus. There it is, in Taurus. So there's going to be a big focus on that Taurus energy, on um, all the things I've talked about that is kind of happening on the solstice chart is going to be focused on this Venus-ruled sign of moving towards this, of moving towards true material values, what do we value, what um, what do we want to own in future. Materialism is going to be, um, thankfully, I hope, <laughs> this greed is good kind of society that we live in, wanting more stuff, more this, more of everything, bigger this, everything um, is, is going to kind of um, die away. I hope <laughs> it's going to become a big focus anyway, um, looking on the back of it. Also, you know, how we look after our Mother Earth in Taurus with Ceres here. Look at this as, as we go into the end of January. Venus is about to turn direct. Um, this is all going to join together. Sedna. Sedna um, is um, a dwarf planet, as I said. She has, um, it's a, nobody's exactly sure about her orbit yet because she's so far out there. But I've seen it estimated to about 11,500 years. And that takes us back to the end of the last ice age. All right, the big ice age. We've had many ice ages. So many um, astrologers are thinking she is involved with, yes, climate change. <laughs> and then Ceres. Ceres is a really important uh, planet, in a uh, dwarf planet in my mind. She was originally thought to be an asteroid. Well, I think they went back and forth for a bit, but she was finally numbered asteroid number one. She was discovered um, on January the 1st, 1801, at the start, of, right in the middle of the um, Industrial Revolution, which really has done a lot to harm this earth that we're on. And I'm not suggesting we all go back to caveman days, but we're going to be thinking about how we live on the earth for sure. Now, Ceres was promoted to dwarf planet in um, 2006 when Pluto was demoted to dwarf planet and when Eris, who stirs the pot, was discovered. So she became a dwarf planet. Now, it's my theory because Ceres is known as the, the Great Mother. 
She was the mother of Persephone in in the uh, myth. She was also known as Demeter, the mother in um, in the Greek pantheon. Ceres sits just this side of the asteroid belt. She's the only dwarf planet that is just this side of the asteroid belt, where all the personal planets are. Now, an interesting story for you that um, why I think Ceres has become important. I pay attention to what people are saying to me out there in the world, right? And um, I live in um, the, the land of the Mormon church, and my daughter invited the missionaries round once when she was going through an exploratory chain, um, stage. And being the protective mother, the mother, Demeter, Demeter, um, I would not let these boy missionaries talk to my daughter alone. So I kind of stood there in the background and they were talking about the heavenly father, this and the heavenly father, that. And I, I said, well, Where's the heavenly mother in all this? And they said that she is so precious that she is um, kind of protected by the father and hidden from our view. Now, if we look at this, um, if we think about this, where the position of the planets are, we have the sun in our center. We have Mercury, the messenger, then Venus, then the Earth, then moving further outwards, we have Mars, who uh, was the guardian of agriculture and the, the lover of Aphrodite or Venus, incidentally. But then there's not much else between, or we thought there was nothing between that and the asteroid belt. But here's Ceres, who's hiding there and is now named as a dwarf planet. Is she the mother that we've been missing all the time? Um, in, ast in astrology, Ceres relates to how we nurture and how um, we how nurture others, as I said, and how we nurture ourselves. But she was also a bit of a destroyer goddess. So has her emergence um, into our psyche as a dwarf planet and her um, presence now in the astrological chart of this solstice and the years move the years moving ahead is she giving us all this energy to send a message that we have to move back into alignment with the energies and also with the energy of the goddess okay and the divine feminine and start kind of celebrating both not just the divine masculine that we've been living in so that's one thing, you know, um, this as soon as the nodes move back in, um, this is really activated and it's all in aspect to that planet of rebirth. OK, so that's what we've got going ahead for the year as well. We also have Jupiter moving into Pisces. Now, Jupiter is the traditional ruler of Pisces. And Neptune is in Pisces and is the modern ruler of Pisces. So for most of the year, Jupiter does go into Aries and back into Pisces again. But for most of the year, we have this highly um, spiritual consciousness raising energy with Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces that is bringing us this hope and possibilities but we have to kind of tune in, do the shamanic work, do the wind work, 
do all that kind of work to really work with the energies, to tap, step into our higher consciousness as a collective, which is very Pisces. It's also, also very creative energy. We've got this Taurus energy, which is Venus ruled, which is very creative. Then this Pisces energy, which is more kind of channeled creativity. Um, and we are bringing them both in. Okay. So that's um, uh, one big thing. Then we have the eclipses throughout the year. We've had the first eclipse in the Taurus Scorpio line um, because the eclipses always follow the nodes. That was on November the 19th. That was giving us a taster of where we're going. So throughout the year, we have a lunar eclipse, first of all. And um, so where the lunar nodes, we can see. So here the nodes are in Scorpio and Taurus, we can see that we're emerging out of that period of confinement into a time of creativity. Now, it's all going to be about what we need. What are our needs to survive instead of our wants? Where our needs and wants are going to be really up for looking at right throughout the next year. Okay. Now, I'm not going to go in full detail into the eclipse charts. I just want you to kind of see the energies. Um, I'm going to look at the two new moon charts a little bit more, though. Or the, the one, actually, we have. No, we have one on April the 30th. So that's the one I probably should have looked at first. Apologies for that. Um, I've had so many calls this week. Oh, by the way, um, I am. I've sent Renee a link and she's going to send out with the recording um, a link to sign up to see how you can find how your intuition works in your chart. Because everybody has different kind of intuition. Some have clairaudience, some have claircognizance, a, a knowing um, you get the idea. But that's my free gift if you um enter your email. So Renee is going to send that link out uh, for those of you that are signed up for the recordings. But anyway, so in April, we really start to emerge. Um, but at that point, only Mercury has left this um, bowl and series. And they are the two divine messengers, really. Mercury is between the sun and us. Ceres, the mother, is between the outer world and us. And they are bringing these messages in from the core of our solar system and the outer. So they are the first to emerge. So and then as we emerge, we can start to take action on all this alchemical transformation that's happening through this winter. All right. Um, we can start to really take action on our values. We can um, start to, um, for example, one thing that I've been feeling, I've been feeling this strong urge to actually plant a food garden, which is could not be better for the earth and blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm a bit of a greenie anyway. I drive a little tiny electric Fiat and recycle and do all those things. But I'm like, what can I do more? Well, I've always hated gardening all my life. 
before the snow hit here in Utah, I actually spent several days and hauling bags of stuff to prepare this vegetable patch that's a no-dig vegetable patch because I don't like digging. That's going to fester and stew and compost over the winter in this composting zone. And as spring emerges, I'm going to plant food. So that's a very literal in. Um, example of this energy. I have literally created a garden bed that's going to compost all winter. So, and we are doing the same. We are composting. Okay. And, and then, and then as the eclipses go into October. So we always have, um, eclipses tend to come in pairs. We usually have two or three eclipses, usually two, twice a year. So we have eclipses, a new moon and a full moon in um, on April the 30th and May the 16th. Then we have a new and um, full moon on October the 25th and November um, the 8th. So just to show you the new moon that comes in October, that one is at two degrees of Scorpio. If we access the nodes again in the chart, we can see that this chart is now splayed out. Things are starting to open up, develop and change. So if you think about the flow of the year with these patterns of this energy, we start it really in this canopy of the bed. And throughout the year, we gradually emerge saying, yeah, I've changed. I'm going to have changed my values. I am going to do the work and I am going to move towards this north node of um, what do I really need? What do I really value? What do I really want to create in my world and own? Yes, Taurus is very much about own. Um, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of pairing down with the South Node in, in Scorpio. The South Node has a purging quality. So, you know, we see people going to uh, tiny homes and things already. But um, I think it's going to be more, you know, it's going to be people are going to look around them and and perhaps give a lot of stuff away or just stop accumulating as much as um, for sure. So, um, yeah, so we're about at the hour. I'm just going to go and get back in. I seem to have to go out every time to go in and look if there's any questions and comments. Um, if people are looking at the recording, I am going to uh, keep checking in the comment box later. I hope uh, some of you will sign up to get the uh, intuition in your astrology chart. So can that can help you tune into these energies for sure. So exactly what Renee talks about community. Fantastic. Like Renee and I have only just finally talked face to face. Um, we're both such busy people. Here she is. Um, my partner just created a most wonderful producing garden for our family. Perfect. Exactly what I'm talking about. There we go. Hi, Renee. <laughs> Hello. That was wonderful. I was I was listening and, um, you know, most of it kind of goes over my head a lot. But I know that there are some people in there like really, you know, watching that and stuff. And I 
could learn a lot more about this. But we really so appreciate your time and your sharing. And I hope everyone goes over uh, and gets her her gift. Uh, it'll probably be up tomorrow because our, our our webmaster she's on the East Coast and she'll be up first thing in the morning to add it. But uh, we want you to stay with us and and thank you so much, Louise, for being here with us today. Oh. Thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure. So, so yeah. if you have more questions, she's on the wall and she'll go through and answer them, or you can reach out to her. And you're, you have, is your page the Cosmic Owl? Yeah, Cosmic Owl Astrology, Louise Eddington, oh. the Facebook page and Instagram and YouTube. They're all Cosmic Owl Astrology. Yeah. <laughs> and I keep reminding you all buy our books. Yes. You haven't, you haven't published a book. You have no idea how many nights and weekends and long mornings and all of that. <laughs> the best honor you can show an author is to buy their books. So definitely is definitely we really, is. Yeah. We really want to thank you, and we will see you all again tomorrow morning. Keep thank those you. candles burning. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Renee. Welcome to the 10th annual I Am Winter Solstice Symposium and Fire Tenders Gathering. We are excited to offer this container for you to celebrate during these darker days of December from December 20th through January 2nd. We will be having live events every day in the Wind Clan. There will also be a recording available for you if you've given us your email address over at IamSymposium.com. And there's an opportunity to purchase this whole series if you don't think you can be with us live. So again, welcome, and we look forward to being with you throughout.